Ladies and gents, listeners, welcome to what we're going to call the island episode. Uh, it's just myself, Patrick Faraday, right now introducing this, as we're going to be running through a little audio diary I kept from the five days of my island trip. And the episode is it's mainly going to consist of these audio files, and then at the end we'll, we'll bring Marcus in and we'll have you know some normal... Uh, life on the loop discussion going over the highlights lowlights any questions Marcus has and uh, Probably a few things that got left out of the audio diaries, but we're gonna get straight into it. So without further ado Here is uh, the start of the trip day one So I've just completed day one of the island trip so I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and create a little voice note diary at the end of the day just to reflect on the day. And then I'll kind of paste it all together, collate it, and then we'll get it on a Life on the Loop episode with some commentary from Marcus, who I'm sure is going to intervene and chat some absolute waffle over the top. So I, I haven't slept. I'm currently in a king-size bed in a cottage at Trump Doombeg and I cannot wait to go to bed. My body is in absolute pieces. I must have been awake now for almost 36 hours. We flew over last night from JFK, could not sleep, had a middle seat, not ideal at all. So I watched a few movies, got here, buzzing, place was incredible, drove over, had a midday tea off. Course was very good. It was it was a very nice introduction to to Lynx golf. I haven't played for quite a few years now, um, and it was it was difficult. It really was difficult. I don't think I made a par until the fourth fourth or fifth hole. I was just hitting it terrible. It was it was just one of the worst front nines I think I've ever had in my life. I was getting it off the tee like a pro, and then from there, I couldn't hit a barn door with a banjo. So, you know, it, I'm viewing this as a warm-up round. Coming in off no sleep, jet lag, whatever you want to call it. And if I'm brutally honest, it cannot possibly get worse than it did today, golf playing-wise. However, the place itself, Trump Doonbeg, is exceptional. Very American in the way it looks and feels from a clubhouse perspective. Um, kind of modern but rustic. It's got a lot of cottages, accommodation. Everyone here is American, pretty much. Um, restaurant is open all all hours of the day. Massive clubhouse, excellent food. Just a great setup. I would I would happily stay here for the entire duration. Um, but we are moving on tomorrow. So tomorrow. We are going to La Hinch very early, 6.30. So I'm going to try and get a strong eight hours of kip, wake up feeling fresh, and uh, start chasing the hosel around La Hinch tomorrow. So in addition to the daily diary updates that I did on my trip, I also interviewed the caddies from each of the courses where we, we took a caddy. So I'm going to play those interviews behind each recap 
uh, kind of kind of back to back for the days, and then at the end of the the five day diaries and interviews, we'll get Marcus on and we'll see uh, what questions and insightful or perhaps not insightful thoughts and questions he has to ask for me. So this is interview number one with our caddy from Dunebeg, who was uh, a great great young guy called Colm. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just go straight into it. All right, so you just finished. We've gone up 18 with the four of us. How's the loop been? Good. Good fun. Not great, but good. Decent golf. Deep, really? But good fun. Decent golf. You've hit a few good drives. <laughs> that's that's where it ends. I've driven it well, but that's about it. Yeah. So so you've been out here for what? Six years. Six years. Yeah. How how do you rate looping out here? Ah, uh, very good. Yeah. It's, the dream job during the summer, I suppose, when the weather's good and with nice people with you for what four or five hours, it goes by very fast. You meet some really interesting people. It's always good fun, really. Yeah. Well, so so the season's like six months. What do you guys do in the winter? Well, a lot of us work in other places and other jobs, bigger towns, bigger cities. Yeah. Um, a lot of us kind of do this on the side, so they nearly work twelve months of the year as well. Yeah. So this is kind of on the side for them. So. Some guys do have to find work from, we'd say, October until maybe March or April, yeah, so. Yeah. You ever thought about going over to America for I a have, season? I have, but I don't know how legal it would be, to be honest, <laughs> without uh, breaking any rules and stuff. Yeah, no, fair enough. But apart from that, yeah. But, all right, so the fans want to know, be brutally honest, rate my game today on a scale of 1 to 10. Uh, you can be ruthless, they're, they're going to love, they'll love it. Uh... Because you're just off a plane and it's been, you probably hasn't, haven't slept. <laughs> the game is there, but I'd probably say 6.5. Oh, the man's so, been very generous. I'd give myself probably a 2.5 today. Yeah, well, so I appreciate the honesty. No, yeah, about 6, 6.5. Definitely get better tomorrow. Weather, weather is promised a bit less windier and you'll have a night's sleep. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be fine. So the, the other thing that I found interesting is double bagging here. So we carry two bags, like bag of shoulder. You guys push one on a car and carry one. Yeah. Is that normal? That's in the way we, that's the way we do it. I think it's nearly normal in a lot of clubs. Unless you get a bigger golf bag, like it's easy with a sandbag. Yeah. But if I had two cart bags, I might have to push one in front of me and pull the other behind me. Yeah. But that's very rare. Normally it's all sandbags and you throw one up on your back and push the other one and away you go. Alright. Interesting. Well, we've enjoyed the loop. And uh, I'll let you know when the, the episode comes out. Yeah, hundred percent. So day one in the books. Let's not uh, let's not mess about. We'll get straight into day two. Okay, day two in the books. What a day! Woke up early doors. We drove from Doombeg to La Hinch. Had the first tea time of the day. Weather could not have been any better. It was a little bit Baltic, in fairness. However, there was not a cloud in the sky. It was glorious sunshine. And I've, I've got to say, the course was phenomenal. La Hinch obviously, has hosted a European tour event, which was an incredible event. I remember watching on the TV. The holes, every hole was just superb. Just views of the ocean, kind of quirky blind shots, blind approaches. It was, yeah, it was just an absolute treat. And our caddy was, he was next level. He was hands down best caddy I think I've ever had. A guy called Huey. He'd been caddying since he was seven years old and he was in his 60s. Only job he's ever had. He was, it was next level stuff. We got to the point 
on the on the back nine where I wasn't even asking the yardage anymore. He was handing me a club, telling me what to hit, how to hit it, where to miss it, and I was just I just trusted him. I literally I trusted him with my life. It was incredible. I've never I've never had a connection like it with anyone on a golf course. I wish I could bring him everywhere I play. It was yeah no it was an absolute treat. So we finished up finished up golf, lunch in the clubhouse, had my first curry in Europe for over five years, which was exceptional. We then had a two-hour drive to Killarney, which is a, a very nice little town. Pretty busy, popular, a lot of bars, a lot of restaurants, a lot of hotels. And we're in our hotel where we're going to be for the next four nights. So this is basically home base. And it's, yeah, it's beautiful. A place called the Victoria. I'm sharing a room with my boss man. And we have two twin beds that are in uh, hand-holding distance of one another. So we'll see how the first night goes. I'll give you an update on uh, the day three recap. And as of right now, we're about to head into town to get another pint of Guinness. So it should be a nice evening. And I'll chat with everyone on the day three update. So as promised, there's going to be an interview with my guy Huey, who... It's just an exceptional human being. This was a particularly windy day, so there is a little bit of wind noise that I've tried to kind of edit down, but there's some patches that are not perfect. But hopefully you can hear everything pretty clearly for the most part. So here he is, my guy Huey. So Huey, out here at La Hinch, you're, you're a veteran. How many years have you been out here? Uh, since I started. 61 years. So you started at what age? Seven. And you've looped, you've looped here the whole time? Uh, most of the time. Sometimes I was away gigging because I'm a musician as well. Alright. But that's a set length since I started here. I probably have done 40 years. Constant. Yeah. Well, what's the, what's the schedule like? Is it all year round or? No, six months. Six months. Six it months you're starts, out here. Starts in May, June's in October. So what do you do? What do you do in the off season? Guitar. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you just you travel around playing. Oh. Look. Yeah. What, what do you think of caddying as a job? It's a great job. Keeps you in shape and you're out in the air and you're yeah. meeting people. So yeah. But you have to know a bit about golf and you have to like golf. Yeah. You like people too, are you? Well, obviously. Do you think you're ever going to quit? Have you got a deadline or anything? Well, I said I'd quit when I had 60 years done. I'm 61 done now, so I don't know. Hopefully there's another year or two in me, I don't know. So, so, so what keeps you coming back? Just, I, just, I get paid to do what I do. Yeah. So money is an incentive for everything in life, really. Yeah. But it's not, it's not all about money. There's a lot to do with golf and helping people if you can. Yeah. You know, so. You got any memorable loops that you're particularly um, fond of? Two pros, yeah. two tour pros, one aged man, Gary Player. And nice. Andrew McGee, tour pro. How was Gary Player? Gentleman, yeah. Lovely man. Well, how long ago was it? Uh, two months ago, three months ago. Oh, really? Ago. Yeah. He's still a good player? Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Well, what is, what's the best golf shot you've ever seen out here? Uh, hole in one on the 11th. Oh, yeah? Yeah, some... Was it a good player or was it a lucky no, one? No, just a lucky one. Yeah? Okay. What would you give my game? Well, you'll play to put a five. Yeah. I'm struggling right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Some bad stuff, some bad stuff. I've got to say though, your green reading is probably some of the best I've ever seen. Well, that's seen what the last podcast said too. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It, it honestly is. He, I don't think he's missed a single read. It, it's quite exceptional. It happens. Yeah. But distance is what I'm pretty good at distance. Yeah. So you, you don't use a range finder. No. You just know everything. Just know what I'll, I'll gauge it from. Yeah. So I'll gauge what you have to hit it and you've did it 85 yards. Yeah. Alright, how does the scheduling work out here as well for Canyon? Well, it's better now. It used to be you come early in the morning and we do what they call a lottery at the time. All yeah, the yeah. names go in and you get a number and the numbers come out of a little machine. Yeah. But nowadays they have the times pretty set up for you. Okay. Like you guys were out at 10 to 8, so I was here at 7. So you know what I mean? Do they tell you the day before? Oh, what yeah. Time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they'll text you in the evening. Yeah. yeah. That's much better. It's better for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've been at two places. One where they'll schedule it the day before. Yes. So you know exactly when you're going out. Right. And another one where everyone gets there at 7 a.m. Yeah. And you can be waiting till 12. Exactly. Or two. Yeah. I often have or to. Or not, not at all. Back in the day, I often had to go home and come back again to Ennis. Yeah. So like I said, it was particularly windy, so hopefully you kind of got the gist of most of the conversation, but he really is a one-of-a-kind guy, and if, if anyone ever goes to La Hinge, I strongly recommend you try and get Huey on the bag. We, we literally, we finished our loop, and he was straight back out on another group. I'm Unbelievable. In his in his 60s, just working up and down that course like a, like a mountain goat. What a guy. But uh, yeah, so that was day two. On to uh, the day three update. Good morning, all. This is a day three recap. I forgot to do it last night because I was absolutely exhausted. But day three was a little bit more chilled. We played, basically got up at a reasonable time, went to Kalani Golf and Fishing Club where we played... 18 holes on the Colleen course, which is their championship course. This hosted the European Tours Irish Open four times. And not, not a Lynx course, though. it's a Parkland course, more of a resort. I guess more of an American-style course, which was... I mean, it was, it was a good track. It was, it was pretty tough, pretty long, in pretty good conditions. It's not, it's not the sort of place that you would fly over expressly to come and play but as kind of a, like a, a pit stop a break in between these pretty savage links courses it was a pretty nice uh, way to kind of break up the trip and play some golf somewhere that's not quite as breezy uh, I played a little bit better so my, the game's been trending we had no caddies this time so I've got no caddy report to come and violate my game but we played with the director of golf Graham of Kalani Golf and Fishing Club and I've got to say he's, he's one of the best dudes I've ever met it, it was just it was just a joy to be out there with this guy he was just such a nice dude he played college at University of West Florida we had loads to talk about and he basically told me that he became a putting guru after his playing career ended which was a pretty good career he played he played in the British Open at Birkdale Played some European tour stuff and he, he still swung it really good for a, you know, an older guy that's kind of not really playing at all anymore. But the thing I was loving was 
his insights in putting. He said he always used to struggle with putting and he had a lesson um, with some guru in the States and it kind of changed his whole view of putting and he's just become an absolute guru. So I was literally, the whole back nine, I was basically just picking his brains. He was just looking at the stroke, going over mechanics, you name it. It was just, it was, honestly, it was so good. I loved every second of it. So yeah, that was a that was a great round, just a nice, chill, relaxed round. So we finished up lunch in the clubhouse was excellent. We then went on a fishing boat out on the lake with a fella called Tedzo, who's an old boy who's been a member at the the place for fifty five years. So we went out there, drove around, attempted a bit of fly fishing, caught absolutely nothing, but. It was nice to be out there. It was it was cool. Beautiful scenery. So we headed back. We shot a bit of footage with the drone. Then we went out to the town, which is also an exceptional town. The town of Kalani is fantastic. Just loads going on, loads of bars, loads of restaurants. Pretty much the entire population is American, which is actually it's nuts. You walk around, all you hear is American voices. Same at the golf club. So yeah, we had we had a good dinner quite a few more pints of Guinness and then it was straight back to the gaff for a sleep and like I mentioned there were we took no caddies at Kalani so no caddy interview on this particular occasion although there are caddies at this club but it's more of a resort kind of American style course so we'll roll straight into day four day four update Today was a great day. We played Charlie, Traley. I'm still not sure what it is, Charlie or Traley. Um, we had a, a later tea time, about midday today, so we got to have a bit of a rest, a chill morning. Actually, you got to hit some balls on the range, warm up. And then we headed out on the course, and it was an absolute treat. Great golf course. Beautiful, scenic views. Conditions were the best we'd seen so far. Greens were quicker probably i mean only running about tens but that's pretty quick for lynx golf it was kind of brisk conditions i had i started with a full rain suit on and i ended up the day with just my t-shirt my golf shirt so it warmed up pretty significantly um but yeah front nine awesome and the back nine everyone says is incredible and it really was we had some crazy elevation we had some sheer drop-offs, significant climbs, descents, interesting quirky shapes and holes. It was, uh, oh, it was just an absolute treat. And I played pretty solid. I finished up plus three, which I'm, I'm, I was happy with. Could have been better, could have been worse. Um, our caddy, John, he was a good dude, very professional. Mainly just focused on the golf, gave lines, gave yardages. And well, he told us he actually caddied for Ricky Fowler two months ago, which is cool. So Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, all those guys came out and played the course. So he was telling us about that, which is pretty good. Uh, yeah, we, we finished up and actually had a par three course as well. So we played the par three course out there, which was a lot of fun. Uh, after that, dinner in the clubhouse, treated ourselves to uh, a curry, which is an absolute dream. And that was it. Headed back to the hotel, had a few Guinnesses in the bar, 
and off to Ballybunion in the morning. So here is also my interaction with our caddy John from Trey Lee. Again, there's a little bit of wind noise, but uh, not quite as bad as the Huey one, so you should be able to hear everything fairly, fairly clearly in this this uh, recording. All right, so we're out here at Trey Lee. How, how long have you been caddying out here? Uh, I've been caddying for about 14, 15 years. So you started uh, at what age? About 12, yeah. 12, 12 years, years old. Yeah. So it's over here it's seasonal right so you guys do kind of half a year yeah it's kind of i suppose kicks off in april and it kind of finishes up end of october we're really kind of may till september is kind of the busy period we have and what, what do you do in the off season uh, i just finished college oh nice yeah so you live how far do you live from the course uh about 10 15 minutes so caddy master said all the caddies here are members too right yeah half a member here caddy yeah half a member so how, how big is the roster would you say caddy roster uh it's probably you know, 40 odd maybe, 40 caddies, 50 caddies, depending. Right. And it's pretty busy, so you guys are going twice a day? Uh, depends though, I mean, mostly one the odd time. The odd time too, but probably mostly one. Yeah. Depends really. And it's mainly just Americans? Mainly Americans, right? yeah. Yeah, mainly Americans. How yeah. are they in general? Pretty pretty, pretty good to caddy? Oh yeah, they're, I mean, yeah, they're all dead on, fairness obviously you get the odd one. That's depends no matter where you are really, you're going to the odd guy, it's a bit awkward. But... Yeah. All right, so you, you caddy for a few tour pros, right? Yeah, we had uh, Fowler Speed and uh, Thomas come over there just before they uh, had that JP McManus Pro M. Yeah, yeah. Up in the air, they came down, so yeah. Had oh. three demos on Ricky's bag, so it's pretty pretty cool. Uh, how did they go? How did they play? Uh, they all, I mean, there was probably one or two hungover heads, and then I'd say they had a few oh, yeah? before, and so they were, but they were all, it was unbelievable. Um, they were playing a four one match, so it was all kind of, you know, lighthearted stuff. I don't think they were. Go trying too hard, but they were still very impressive. Yeah, um, I'd say Fowler was probably, I'd say it was two or three under maybe, and the lads were maybe one or two worse than that, but all played pretty good, you know. That's pretty solid. What was the weather like for them? Uh, kind of day similar to this, um, probably a little bit more wind, it was like two, two and a half club wind, probably, yeah. so it was kind of perfect, not too windy, not too calm. Any memorable shots? Um, probably too many to choose from really but it's more yeah. when, they, when they were driving the ball one day when they really wanted so yeah kind of hit it i mean they could really really send it that, that little bit further you know well, what so about was, what about around the greens they're pretty sharp yeah insane and um, just the you know the spin that they can generate you know from the tight lies when they're short-sighted and stuff yeah. and just the, the kind of different variety of shots they have is, is insane really kind awesome. of you say that was your best loop out here most memorable yeah i don't think it's going to get beaten though no. yeah. i don't think uh never get anything close to that so that was uh, pretty special yeah that's awesome now i actually thought i did one more recording with john however we were walking up 18 i did the usual asked him to review my game that stuff like how he thought i played and i realized i made a rookie mistake instead of going to my voice recording i went to a screen recording so there i am talking to john for a minute and a half two minutes about my game recording everything he's saying However, all I'm doing is recording my home screen on my phone. So I've lost that entire interaction. Or I didn't lose it, but it was never there in the first place. But for the record, he was very happy with how I played. Made a few birdies. He said I struck the ball well, which I struck at average. However, hey, I'll take the compliment. And now on to the final day, day five. Day five of the trip. This was the big one one I was, I'd been looking forward to the most Ballybunion which I believe is a top 20 in the world golf course it was yeah 
just an exciting day, exciting morning. We were up very early. It was a 5 a.m. alarm for an hour's drive to Ballybunion. We had a 7 a.m. tee off, which was the first time of the day. And I'm telling you, it was Baltic when we arrived. I'm talking pretty much just barely over zero degrees Celsius. It was triple layers, trousers, waterproofs. I even purchased a, a woolly hat from, from the clubhouse. It was just ridiculous. So the guys wanted to go to the range, trying to hit a few balls. I wasn't really feeling it, mainly because it was so cold. So we wandered down to the range. I literally just hit a few balls, one-handed. Didn't want to keep my, my hands out of my pockets for more than a few seconds. And uh, yeah, we were off to the first tee box where we met our caddy, a guy called Willie Joe. Does it get any more Irish than a guy called Willie Joe? And he was an interesting chap, fairly quiet guy. Quiet as caddy, I'd say, of the trip that we'd had. But nice dude, he'd been out there for... I think he'd been a member at the club for, for over 55 years and he told us a ridiculous story about um, how he joined as a member which I think I believe he mentions in the, uh, the the interview I did with him on the course you'll hear that in a minute but Ballybunion what a great track first six holes it was it was pretty freezing conditions but every hole was great every hole was memorable it really doesn't kick off until the seventh hole when you start heading towards the cliff's edge where the where the ocean is and you get your first view kind of hitting a second shot literally to a green that looks as though it's just kind of floating in the ocean in the backdrop just awesome and you've got a few holes along the cliff edge and it works kind of back down a little lower on the coastline and there's a par 3 a 200 yard par 3 which plays 30 yards uphill and I remember getting there and I was thinking to myself I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a golf ball this high in the air. For anyone that knows my ball flight, I don't hit the ball particularly high, especially when it's got to carry 200 yards as well. But uh, I, I did barely manage it, and I, I got a ball pin high. But good grief. It was just brutal. I mean, the whole course, in fairness, was very difficult. It was the most difficult course, I'd say, that we played of the trip. But you, you can see why it's got such a high high ranking in, in the world standings it, it, it really is phenomenal uh, different shapes left to right right to left up downs down ups the greens were pretty good some severe runoffs our caddy was telling us stories of where different pros had made some huge numbers and terrible misses uh, the 17th hole is probably the best par 4 I've ever played in my life just an incredible incredible tee shot from a high vista going down towards the ocean fairway swoops left into an amphitheater kind of bowl of a green it, it, it was just an exceptional golf hole 18 as well one of my one of the best finishing holes I think I've, I've ever come across tee shot it kind of looks like it's through a shoot but the fairway is wide clubhouse is perched on the top of the dune kind of behind the green it's just kind of just working your way back up to the clubhouse it's, it's it's really just an exceptional golf hole with with dunes very like 50 60 foot dunes surrounding the fairway and the green it, it's just the perfect finishing hole for for like tournament golf you can imagine a gallery up there but yeah no absolute treat played played average didn't start great mainly because it was just freezing but uh again we finished the day in, in our in our golf shirt so it warmed up to be absolutely absolutely beautiful 
uh, yeah, we finished the round with, with a lunch in the clubhouse, got the, got the drone out, did some drone footage, and then in the afternoon we had a whiskey tasting experience in Kalani Town, which was, uh, it, 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 pretty cool for, for a guy that's not really a connoisseur. The, uh, the expert went through kind of the history of Irish whiskey, the production process, and then we got to sample four very different whiskies, which, I mean, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm still not the biggest fan of drinking neat whiskey. However, it was interesting to try a range of Irish whiskies and, uh, you know, learn learn about the history and the, and the process of it. And the day was finished with a dinner in the town. Uh, quite a few Guinnesses. It was probably the most most we'd had on a night on a night out. And now uh, back to the hotel. Good night's sleep because we uh, we're flying back, flying back to New York tomorrow morning. So the trip has come to an end. But uh, gotta say, what a trip! What a trip it's been. And as promised, here is the interview on the course with our caddy, Willie Joe. Okay, so Willie Joe, how long have you been looping out here? Uh, I, I looped here when I was a, a kid and a teenager. And I had a break of 40 years then and back looping with six, seven years. So you had a break, you yeah. went to the, the business world? The business world, right. yes. How, how does working in the business world compare to caddying out here? Uh, working in the business world is a lot more stressful. Yeah. It's less stressful, so I'm self-employed most of the time. Yeah. So you're also a lifetime member. Yes, and I know. You uh, told me you got an unbelievable deal. Yes, 1983. 1,000 pounds for life. 1,000 pounds, and you never have to pay a penny ever no, again. Bad insurance and UI fees, which is only 50 euro a That's year. That's incredible. So we're kind of the 18th hole. I, I always ask the caddies, how, how, how's my game been today? What do you think? Your game has been in and out. Yeah, some good, yeah, some bad. The potential, pot, big potential there. Oh, yeah? Yes. Well, I appreciate that. We're joined now in the studio slash dungeon by Mr. Marcus Crow himself. Welcome to the app. Glad to be back. Am I glad to be back or you're saying you're glad to be back on the pod? Both. I'm back. I'm, I'm ready for this superior app. Superior app. Well, speaking of which, you've just rattled through my compilation of the uh, audio diary plus caddy interviews. How, how was it? Did it touch any uh, strings or anything? Or You know what? I feel like your daily input was very detailed and, yeah, I was quite impressed, actually. And I, I just feel like I wanted to talk in an, an Irish accent from now on. Like, Oh, you would. <laughs> you think you're going to change your name to Willie Joe as well. Oh, that name was quality. That was unbelievable. Uh, Willie Joe. like that. You can't even believe it. You, I remember you sending me a photo of... Uh, potato chips that literally just said tato taters <laughs> and now i understand now why you say tato because there's potato chips crisps that are named tato quality and they're cheese that. and onion it doesn't get much better it doesn't it doesn't so i've been alone and sad sad and and missing the bold man you know Brilliant. when you introduce yourself on this yeah, app, I, I was i was i was honestly quite disappointed that you didn't say your name and then aka the bald man but it's okay it's funny because when i was doing the introduction i was thinking do i say it and i was like you know what have some respect for yourself <laughs> uh class so overall 
out of 10, what would you rate your Irish trip? I've got to put it as a 10 out of 10, because mainly because it's a bucket list trip. And I also need to shout out my golf group travel who organized everything for us. So accommodation was excellent. Food, transportation from the airport between the courses. It was all just seamless. Like I didn't have anything to worry about. The courses themselves were were brilliant. I I mean I'd I'd def I'd go back. There's really nothing I could say that I would do differently. Love honestly. that. I feel like the courses that you played were also different from what you were explaining as well, which is quite nice because a lot of the courses that you know we've played in America, most of them, the majority of them, eight times out of ten, I feel like they're all pretty similar. So it's so nice to when you go back home, even though you're in the same, as you said, the villages and the cities, you know, they were all so different. So I kind of uh, thought that was very interesting. And I've never played in Ireland, myself. Uh, nor would I until this trip, no. I've never, I don't think I've ever even been to Ireland. So that, for sure, is a bucket list of mine. So I have a few questions for you, sir. And first of all, I want to know, what was your favorite golf course? It, it, it's a tough one. So obviously, all, all the guys on the trip, last day we were talking about this it it's really a toss-up between Lahinch, Trilly and Ballybunion but uh, one course you'd play for the rest of your life mm, where I I mean I'm still going to stick by it and I said it at the time I think I'd go with Trilly why mainly because I feel it's a little bit more underrated and your Lahinch and your Ballybunion which I mean if I was trying to play a course for the rest of my life means it's going to be less busy I've got a better chance of getting on plus I, I also thought it was an exceptional layout I really did love that it's always the underrated courses that are the better ones I mean don't get me wrong Ballybunion is a madness Lahinch is just so so odd and just quirky and just weird but I, I love it as well but yeah I love that. I'd, I'd play any of them Every day of the week. Got a good fact for you, actually. Tom Watson himself said that Ballybunion is the number one course he's ever played. Did he? Yep. Tomo. Big Tommy. Big Tomo. So, I want to lead into this question of, in order, from one to five, you played five courses, right? Indeed. I want to know, in order, from best to, I guess, least best. And I want to hear your scores from each. As in, in score order or no, 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 no. Course so, ranking so order. course ranking, and then say the score. Um, well, fifth place I have to put Kalani, just because it's not a links course. It wasn't one that we went over to, you know, flew over to go and play specifically. Um, so Kalani Parkland course. I finished. Let me get my stats up. 78 and uh, what was the par 72 72 alright not bad then I gotta go in 4th place 4th place would be Doonbeg which was straight off the plane and as you may have heard on the audio it's all I could do to stay awake I gave up scoring after about 8 holes so I just registered into my app an 85 
quality. To crash the handicap. Good for the handicap. For so it would have been a roundabout there, I reckon. Member guest, love that. Sandbagging. <laughs> so third place. Oh, I mean, again, it's hard to separate them. So let's let's put Lahinch seventy six. Ballybunion seventy eight. Mainly because it was Baltic in the morning and I couldn't even move my body. But the afternoon was an absolute delight. Tralee seventy five. Tralee may have been a par seventy one. I'd have to double check. Um, but yeah, love that. So seventy five was your best score. And it was your favourite course. Isn't that a coincidence? That is, I mean, it, that is how it tends to go. And we were it talking does. about it on the way over. But yeah, fair enough. Look, like I said, any three of those courses, I'd play happily again. And I, I'd like to have another go at Doombeg. But the only reason Doombeg's not in my top three is there was one or two holes that I, I just didn't really rate. I thought they were a little bit average. A little bit simplistic. Well, as uh, many of our followers can see on the Life on the Loop Instagram page um, I was doing the best possible job in selecting 10 photos minimum by the way Instagram restricts you to but you sent so many and you actually sent some worldy videos um, so yeah we uh, I tried to do the best I could uh, with the Instagram but go and have a little gander over over on the page and, and see what Mr. Faraday was uh, was up to so that leads me to what was the best shot and the worst shot you hit all trip. Worst shot, I actually sent you guys a video in the in the chat. Do you remember this? Oh, was this like a shank or a, a sniper hook? I topped a pee wedge. <laughs> oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, your face as well. I, want, I, I might put that up on the, uh, when we would release this, I want to put the video up of your reaction. The it was just is, sheer like, disappointment. I can understand fatting a wedge or thinning a wedge but this was a legitimate like top where I almost missed the top of the ball <laughs> and I don't really know what happened I haven't hit a legitimate top with a wedge like that probably since I was early teens it was just bizarre yeah they're normally chunky aren't they absolutely bizarre <laughs> uh, and obviously this is a life on the loop pod we're skipping on best shot actually by the way oh yeah sorry i thought you said it sorry i was getting carried away with all the questions i I'm, i was quite excited actually um, you coming back so i just wanted to get through rattle through some good questions best shot i honestly i didn't hit many phenomenal shots i all i really did well was drive it like off the tee i was pretty good otherwise i was pretty average so there was one drive at truly that i just hit on a frozen rope and that got me really going otherwise it was probably a tee shot I hit at Ballybunion on I think the par 3 I believe it was the 15th back right pin I also have a video of that we could maybe sling that on that would actually be a good post my worst shot and my best shot combined <laughs> reactions so, yeah. included yeah love that so as I uh, listen through um, your audio clips clearly Lahinch's caddy was the best he was incredible he honestly I still think about him. You know what? I'd, I'd wish when you'd listened back to your uh, your interview, I wish you'd actually sat him down because I feel like he, yeah. if you if you had a few more questions for him, I think that could have gone on a tangent and I think that would have been really, really good. But even from the, yeah. the clip that you, you did, I mean, you could just, uh, and I always feel like every Irish guy that I've ever come into contact with, we have a, a member where we are up north, um, 
They're just so interesting. I just love... I feel like what Americans feel like when they talk to English people. I'm just so interested in the Irish. Like, it just they just have so much experience, so many stories. And maybe it's just their accent as well, but it's quality. It's quality. Overall caddy experience. Some of the best caddies you've had in your time as a golfer? Well, Huey was, I mean, hands down, the best I've ever had. I mean, like I said, we literally had like a subconscious connection. <laughs> it was it was just incredible. Like, I don't know if anyone ever topped that. But, I mean, yeah, for the most part, the caddies were solid. I'd say, I mean, Willie Joe, okay. The thing that was interesting is, so Willie Joe and Huey didn't even have rangefinders. I love that. We have a guy in the uh, in the caddy shack who's like that older gentleman as well. I I think that's quite. I think that's very impressive. Well, it's impressive, impressive unless they're like getting the numbers wrong. Well, yeah. Well, so obviously. Huey, I mean, he's obviously like what sixty-one years. He's been walking around La Hinge. The guy knows it inside out. Inside out. Willie Joe, I was a little bit skeptical because he he had one of the GPS watches, so he was given like front, back, and stuff. But to get an exact number for a pin, he's going to be a little bit out out of number. But, I mean, on the greens, the guys were all pretty good. I mean, don't get me wrong. Huey, again, was exceptional. He, he didn't get a read wrong all That's day. If I, if I missed a part, it's because, like, I didn't trust him. <laughs> and You should have. Like, why would I ever not trust the guy? The guys literally spent probably, I can't even do the math right now, but probably, what, two or three years on each green? <laughs> yes, literally. Unbelievable. What was the course that was most surprising? Obviously, you'd never played in Ireland. You've never played these golf courses. But what was a course that you turned up and you were like, uh, it looks okay or looks unbelievable or whatever it may be? What was the one that you were like, after the round, you were like, wow, that really was way better um, than I thought. I'd, I'd have to, for that, I'd have to say La Hinch. Yeah. Mainly because there's a couple of holes that are just so like bizarre that they don't exist anywhere else. So there's a par five where you hit a ball you're literally hitting it down like an alleyway that's maybe 10 yards right wide but you, you can miss it a little left miss it a little right the dunes are so steep it all kicks to the fairway but your second shot is then over it's over a sand dune so you can't see anything except this sand dune so you have to hit it over the sand dune and then it opens up and you see the green like it's, it's just just so weird would you say that's probably like the most unique hole slash course as well yes yeah and then the other thing that's unique is the hole immediately after it which i believe is called the i think it's called the dell yeah because the par five is called the klondike and the par three after is called the dell so you're essentially hitting i mean if you imagine imagine like a cereal bowl <laughs> and the edges of the cereal bowl are all sand like dunes like grassy dunes and the green is in the bottom of the bowl. You're hitting from a tee box to, to a target you can't even see. Love that. Over over the dunes into literally like a tiny little bowl. It's just so odd. Like it doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. This is the thing, you know, for for the Americans who haven't travelled over to uh, the UK. These courses are just—they're not man-made. I always feel like God produced these golf courses. You know, like there's no sense of they haven't had to sculpture the holes. There's just a piece of land there, and they've just mown the grass, 
You know, you, you get my point. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no... If they just somehow figured it out that, okay, we can put a hole here, we can put a hole here, we can sculpture here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... it. I think, like, European golf, British-style golf is some of the best there is in the world. For me, obviously, Scottish golf is amazing, but what you're describing is, is I mean, amazing. It is. I mean, I've, I've played some Scottish golf as well. It, it's similar... But I think, in general, it's just a little more dramatic with some of the dunes and the cliffs and stuff. I mean, very similar. But I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of courses are are better in Scotland than a lot of Irish courses. But yeah, certainly, certainly the big ones I played, I'd say were just a little more dramatic on on scale. And my takeaway as well from this, I got another question for you. I got a few, obviously, but it's crazy how young they start. Yeah. Like, what do you say, 12 years old or 9 seven, years old? 7 years old. 7 years old. Imagine having a 7 year old pushing your golf... I'm probably thinking they, they're pushing your golf bag. It's nuts. I mean, that's it's just unbelievable. Absolutely nuts. Insane. I mean, I would never trust... I wouldn't trust a 17 year old with a golf bag. No, let alone a 7 year old. Part of me sees that as like like the British-Irish way, though. Like, mum and dad are like, Fuck it, get out of the house, get a job. Get out of the house there. Go on, Martin. Get <laughs> yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> get yourself it. to the golf club and bring your money back and give it to me it's probably what the dad's saying you know what uh, the the only I wouldn't even say a negative really because it, it wasn't you didn't really touch upon it but you should have asked them the price and what they used to get back in the day compared to now mm. you know what I mean that went, it probably yeah. was like a euro it probably wasn't even that yeah that's interesting well obviously back in the day it wouldn't have been euros either so yeah it's true but uh yeah, no, that's an interesting point. Like the the rate over there is significantly lower than the rate over here. However, I mean, obviously it's a currency difference. Their money goes a little bit further, but it it seemed to me a little bit cheap. The the base rate. But you know what? It's quite quite funny. We we talked about this um, in the pod just in, with looping and why we got on involved to start with. Um, the American people in general are just so they're just so much more um giving they have so much more generosity you know what i mean you know the tipping probably wasn't a thing over there when you at the restaurants right it was no, all included I, I in mean, the price right you, you, yeah. you buy your food and you know people are getting paid an hourly wage that's that's their tip yeah. right but it's also interesting right so these caddies only caddy for americans and at the same time, these golf courses, literally 90% of play is from Americans, which is just nuts. It's crazy. So they're probably getting reeled off pretty well, actually, to be fair. Yeah, it's probably... yeah they're definitely getting reeled. And as you said, they've been there for so long. So the characters, you know, that's what I think Americans love when they go over to these uh, these islands, like, you know, Ireland and Scotland and parts of England. You know, you're getting not just only the golf experience, but you're getting a, a top high-end caddy who's done it for so long, who's got so many stories, and that's the beauty of the loop, right? Yeah. They're entertainers, as we as we also touched on. Yeah. And it's, oh, actually, I forgot to put this in the, in my notes, but I remember after we played Tralee, we uh, went to the clubhouse, had some food and a few Guinnesses. We were in the bar, and our caddy and was sat with the other caddies in the clubhouse bar just having pints <laughs> it's nuts so all the caddies are members from Tralee and so after they loop they just go to the clubhouse bar and just get absolutely rattled with you know, the players you know what though I, I love that because same we, I thought I loved it we've, we've played some pretty elite courses since being up here in New York and, and, and down south and 
all across America and the caddy is considered you know when I say this politely like you're kind of recognized as the as the lower class man the kind of the bitch of the of the of the job right that would just never ever happen in America you go into a high-end country club or a high-end golf club and all of a sudden the caddy that is being out there logging your bag is now having a pint with you in the bar you know yeah I love that I love that that's what that's what I do miss the exclusivity of golf I remember playing in the I think it was the Fairhaven trophy um, I believe maybe is an, over in Scotland, and, and you played the old course and the new course for sixty pounds, a hundred bucks. I mean, you just can't do that. Yeah, no, the price is nuts. Like for the locals, like I mean, Willie Joe in <laughs> what nineteen eighty three, he has a lifetime membership. He doesn't pay another penny except for his handicap every year. He paid a thousand pounds in nineteen eighty three to be a member at a top twenty course, like ranked in the world. It's unbelievable. It's just so much more accessible golf in general and, you know? th- and the funny thing is like a four ball of americans playing bally bunyan are going to be paying well over what that guy paid to be a lifetime member just in green fees oh Absolute, Indi- individually individually probably with the pro shop you know with the with the merchandise drinks they probably paid what they would have in one day than he does all his life yeah it's, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable all right so touching on the living arrangement what was the best town or what was the most fun town that you stayed in? Well, we were mainly in Killarney, other than when we stayed at Doombeg. And i got to say, Killarney is, is sick. Yeah. It's like, I don't really know what it's like. It's, it's, it is a town, but there's like a main kind of area that's just riddled with pubs, restaurants, bars, like quirky little shops. How, many, how many people live in Killarney, do you think? I mean, I, I couldn't tell you exactly. I, 100,000? I, I would guess it's... Probably not quite that big. Love I'd say that. a little less, but it's yeah, it was just just had a lot of character, and the streets were always busy. There's people walking around all the time. It just had a good kind of good kind of energy to it, really. It was it's just a just a good spot. And again, that. like full of Americans, a lot of the Americans all stay there. It's yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. It's, it, it really is like just Americans just come over, play golf, take over the towns in the summer. And then in the winter, they say it's just everywhere. It's just dead quiet. I bet. I bet. That's like the British Open when they do it at the uh, at St Andrews. I've been to St Andrews many a time, and it's normally just so quiet. You know, University of St Andrews. Other th- other than that, when the British Opens are, it's it's like a complete different like town. It's just absolutely riddled. Hmm. So this is my final question. Um, what was the Guinness count? Yeah, I, I was just going to bring that up. I was going to... What... Um, I did track it. <laughs> Here or there. I, minus one, no, minus I, two. It's, it's correct to the number. Love that. The efficiency. And I'm going to show you from a distance. I did it day by day as well. Oh, <laughs> love that. All right, then. Come on. What, what, oh, oh, do you before, wanna... before you touch on that, where was the best one and where was the worst one? Mm, this is also a good point. Guinness is never bad, however. So I can I can tell you the best Guinness was at La Hinch in the clubhouse restaurant slash bar after the round. It was just, the pour was exquisite. The head was perfect. It was Pause. frosty. <laughs> it was a frosty Guinness. A it proper was, pint, I guess. None of this half 16 ounce correct. shit that proper, we had. Every here. pint we had was a proper size. It was just exceptional. I got to say the poorest Guinness we had 
one of the poorest Guinnesses we had was at the whiskey bar, which would make sense, right? Of course. Yeah, I was. I was. Uh, you you touched on the the. You're not really a whiskey man or a whiskey connoisseur. I'm not massively either, but it's just little touches like that that you'll remember for the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like that's such mm. a cool little touch after a round of golf. Not even after a round of golf. Just something where you can go in and and get the full experience of what Ireland's about. And they're so proud of making unbelievable whiskey and having unbelievable golf courses. No, no, I, I agree absolutely. But back to the Guinness, more, more important. So, what I'm going to ask you, what's your, what do you think? What would you guess? So you were there for five days. I'm going to say you had. I also counted from the airport on Sunday. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Sunday Get in night. the mood. Get in the mood. So, so I think if I was to guess on what I would drink, I would, I would be close to thirty. But knowing you as you're not an, as much as an alcoholic as I am, I'm going I'm I'm to go close to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say twenty-two. Okay, do you want me to just tell you the number or go through day by day? Let's go. Let's, I'll go through day by day. Let's and go then we'll day by day. Sunday in the airport, two. Okay. Monday, five. Quality. Tuesday, six. Yes. Wednesday, four. Thursday, four. Friday, four. Which comes to a grand total of 25 pints of Guinness. You know what? I was thinking, doing my math in my head in the dunny right now, I was thinking, you know, if you did five a day, five days a week, that's a solid effort. So I'm quite proud of you. 25 Guinness. Come on. Quality. <laughs> Quality. It, so we, we've endured many a Guinness in our time. Actually, what about the uh, the night before you left? We had yes. about three each then. Yeah, we did, yeah. I could never get bored of Guinness. Could, did you get ever, do you ever get a point where you're like, ah, nah, I'll have something else? Or was it just Friday that night good? I did because I, if I had any more, I think I would have been in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> it was the night before we were flying. Oh yeah! And all the Guinnesses we had were in the evening, like with dinner you know and stuff. So I got four down me, and I was like, I don't think I can do any more. Love that. My final point, I, I, after listening to your little uh, notes, little notes, your notes. I'm so glad that you spoke to a putting guru or a coach because that <laughs> that is part of your game. I'm so glad you. You know, I'm gonna see the Seymour back in action. And if you don't know what Seymour is, Ferdy, side note here, we, we were in the PGA Superstore here up in New York, and he'd been eyeing up the Seymour putter for a while, and saw it again. This man proceeded to make a few, four or five, six or seven, I'm like, Ferdy, just buy it. So he stood over a 20-footer, and he goes, you know what, if I sink it, I'm going to make it. So I want to see that Seymour now, and I want to see it in action. Well, it's in the trunk. It's going to be back out. No, that that was quality. It's funny because I actually did the same thing the other day at our gaff on seventeenth hole with the arm lock putter. Oh my! We were on the green. This was probably a thirty foot, and I said, "I tell you what, if I make this thirty foot on the green at seventeen, I'm going to buy it." And I drained it. <laughs> <laughs> Longest putt I've ever made. Uh, the honeymoon stage for every putter. Quality. Love it. And then it's over the knee. Yeah. But uh, no, that was that was really good. I was talking to him literally for like two hours. I just had a that. great time. Love that. Well, ladies and gents, the bold man is back. I'm sure he's very happy to see me. Did you miss me in the five days you were gone? I mean, like yeah, I guess. <laughs> Brilliant. I I woke up every morning to a message from Marcus saying, "I love you." 
<laughs> false. Miss you. Absolutely false. I, I slept up. in your bed last night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was oh. I was whipping the Kia all week. Oh yeah, brilliant! I come back. Oh, they, see, this man is walks, shocking. Man walks in the door, says the car's fine. However, the windscreen is shattered. <laughs> he gets back. Fucking gets dear. back at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm coming. I'm about five hundred to six hundred yards till home. Out of nowhere, a rock just hits the window. Out of nowhere, I have no clue where it come from. It's, it's not shattered. It's a tiny little speck, to which we're going to sort it out tomorrow. But yes, it was. It was running smoothly. All, uh, all week. But yes, I'm glad mm. to have you back. We've got a few more days here in the Dunny before we fly slash drive down to Tampa, Florida, to which I'm very looking forward to. In the next couple of days, we are going to be looping as much as we can, and uh, and we'll touch on a little bit of golf that I have ingested and played in the last couple of days whilst you've been away. Mm. But yeah, quality pot. I was very looking forward to that, and I'm glad you had a very good time I do, I do want to conclude by saying obviously we went over on like a media trip with my boss man so folks you should tune into the YouTube channel Let's Play Through there's going to be plenty hours worth of footage coming out on the channel from the trip so you can watch me hit a few hozzles shanks um, miss a load of putts <laughs> and uh, kind of experience some of the trip with us yes and we will put the link uh, to the YouTube channel also in the pod so you can see the bald man himself shanking it, but also repping the merch. How many? Oh yeah, also. Yes. How many people questioned you about life on the loop hat? I did get quite a few actually. To Love be fair. that. Yeah. Love that. Any 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 women on comment on the hat? Or no. Just mainly men. Mainly Swore old you men. <laughs> old crusty men. <laughs> you love that. Yeah. You love it. All right, folks. Well, this was a very entertaining app. I was uh, I was very jealous of you, but uh, we are now back, and we're gonna we're gonna actually label this the I- Faraday's Irish trip. We're not gonna we're not gonna say it's episode ten. We're gonna leave that to uh, next week's pod. Yeah. Anything else to uh, end on? Conclude. No, I just say um, follow the uh, Insta page, Life on the Loop. Follow Let's Play Through for all the content. Thank you to my golf group travel for setting up the trip. And um, yeah, we're already talking about doing it next year. So if Love you want to get involved, we'll bring you along. Love that. We, You know what? I've decided the other day, I was talking to a good friend. I think more we get older, the older we get, we just got to do at least one golf trip a year. At least one. Because it oh, is yeah. the best sport in the entire world. And all of us play to a pretty solid handicap as it's well. It's also so. the best vacation. <sighs> God, it is. We, 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 ta- we tapped off a lot. You know what? We didn't obviously have this idea at the time, but Dominican Republic, mm. Ireland. Hopefully, we're gonna do. We're gonna come back up maybe, maybe the end of the year and do do another few courses up here. Who knows? That is the beauty of life on the loop: caddying, playing, living the dream. Living the dream. Two ba- two guys just lugging bags, living the dream. That's it, folks. Alrighty. See you next episode. On Life on the Loop. From the Dunny.